Hey, welcome, welcome to the Sharpway Show. So happy you guys are here on a very special Sharpway Show only on Sharpway Social Media. That's it. That's right. So you got to be a, uh, you got to subscribe or click or like and do all the cool things I bug you about only on Sharpway so that you can actually see this. And I appreciate those of you who tuned in in this very special show because during the show, if you want to be on the show, you can join me if you message either the Sharpway Facebook or Twitter page, you can come on in and join me on this show. Not too shabby, huh? I like that. Very cool. And of course, always please like, comment, and share to draw more people on over. There was a recent TikTok video about a young father who was talking to his daughter um, about critical race theory and saying how he it was bad, no good, no that kind of good stuff. I've spoken about critical race theory, and many other race issues on the show often. But this went viral. So I wanted to show you this and see what you thought about it. And then I want to talk a little bit about what really is critical race theory? Why is it valuable or not? How we should think about it or not? Any of those things. So let me first show you the viral. This went nuts. It's cute. You'll, You'll like it. It's very cute. I think you'll enjoy it if you haven't seen it already. So check this out. You'll see what I'm talking about. It's a cute, very cute uh, man and his daughter. Daddy teaches you can be anything in this world that you want to be, right? Don't daddy teach you that? Yeah, and it doesn't matter if, if you're black or white or any color. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, brown, yellow. yellow. Right? Black. And, and how we treat people is based on who yeah. they are and not and what color nice. they are. And if they're if, nice. If they're smart. nice. See, and smart. This is how this is how children think right here. Critical mm-hmm. race theory wants to end that. Not with my children. It's not gonna happen. My baby's gonna know that no matter what she wants to be in life, all she has to do is work hard and she can become that. Work hard even though you don't know anyone, you can make friends. You can make friends. <laughs> yeah, you can make friends, no matter what color they are. So we need to stop CRT. Period. Point blank. Children do not see skin color, man. They love everybody. If they're good people, they love them. We pray for people that are hurt. All right. So that that, that was a TikTok. That went viral. That was like, oh, my God, crazy. Absolutely, that was crazy. And people were going all over the place. And I like it. It's a very cute video. It absolutely is. Most people don't even know what CRT or critical race theory is. I get that. But it's being taught in schools now. And people will say, well, it's not. That's not true. No, it is. I have two daughters in school. It's absolutely taught in New York City schools. And how is it taught versus what is it actually? Those two things are very different. When people think of critical race theory, they think of, oh, my God, everything's about race. That's not really what it was supposed to be about. This is going to I'm going to talk to you about what critical race theory is from someone who literally is a Princeton uh, professor who talks about it. And there is some value to it, but let me let her tell you what it is, and you can you know decide from there. Thank you, thank you for having me. So um, the most straightforward way to explain critical race theory is to begin with the civil rights movement, right? So now she's talking about the civil rights movement. That's kind of where it began, right? We talking about the civil rights movement. That's where she's saying critical race theory kind of began, but that's not one hundred percent true. The idea of critical race theory actually has hap- has been, they've been talking about it for decades, actually in Europe and other areas, but in America, it really began at this point. 
The victories of the movement, which we all know, are found in federal legislation, Civil Rights Act, Voting Rights Act, but also an anti-discrimination law, essentially. Now, the, the issue that she brings up next is, well, this is all about, you know, federal laws. That's what it's all about. You know, the federal laws are coming up, anti-discrimination laws, things like that. This is what she's talking about now. Laws that declared Jim Crow policies unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. So after that moment, we begin to understand, uh, of course, that black people suffered many other forms of injury. And had and this is the biggest issue that I have that's important. And she's right. She says, you know, after that, we start really noticing that there were many other things that black people dealt with. And why did that happen? And one of the big reasons why that happened, believe it or not, was TV. I know it may seem weird, but that was one of the biggest reasons why that happened, right? TV came out during this time, and all of a sudden now, people who didn't think that was Jim Crow that bad, I don't know, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was, all of a sudden saw it on TV. And we're like, wow, they're like sick of dogs on black people? Really? They're smashing them with 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 with, with um, fire hoses? I didn't. I didn't think that was happening. And all of a sudden, some people began to see something they hadn't seen before. And that did shake a lot of people up. And so things did change. That's true. She's talking about anti-discrimination laws. And anti-discrimination laws, conceptually, those laws that make things equal, make sense, right? Saying, look, it's not fair that you're having two separate, you know, um, school systems because because one of them is clearly unfair, right? Is clearly, obviously, demonstrably worse than the other. So clearly it's not equal. That's unfair. We should stop that. You can't, you can't force people to not be together. Clearly that breaks the constitution. These, these, these make sense. But now she's going to move to the next place, which is now actively trying to right the wrongs. And people saw a lot of those wrongs. The issue that you'll find, and I talk about it in my Juneteenth show last year, and I may bring it up again this year, is the idea of a, a history that has been hidden from most people. The, Black Wall Street, everyone talks about Black Wall Street, but redlining, um, a, a voter suppression of the uh, uh, after the Civil War, stuff like that, right? And now we bring it all back up again. But that was actually happening for many decades prior to the, six, the, the 1960s. That actually was happening many years ago. So now she brings this part back up, and now she's talking about that issue. So I know I'm giving you a lot of background, but this is an issue that we should probably understand because it's going to keep coming out. Many systems of, of disadvantagement um, uh, and inequality in their lives, right? And so now this is the piece she brings up, which I'm, I think most people should take, but don't. She said there were many systems that created, you know, a disadvantage. That's true. So if you were to say that to somebody, if I were to say to the average American today, wouldn't you agree that in the past there were many systems in America that you know, made a dis that were disadvantageous to black people. Almost everybody would be like, yeah, that, that was true. Yes, that's true. But if I reversed it and I said, don't you think this is all about white supremacy? Most of America says no. So why would I talk about white supremacy when I should talk about reality? There was a system that held many black people down for decades. Almost every American goes, yeah, that was true. That, that totally true. Yes. We don't do that. She's right here. This part is correct. And if we spoke this way to average Americans, they would go, yeah, that, that I, I, I could buy that. Sure. Legislatures and municipalities and organizations began to make specific efforts to target African-Americans with programs to address current and past discrimination. Now, that's and the issue we're talking about here, right? A major conservative backlash. And 
And there was a backlash. She is correct. And there's still a backlash now. And that's my biggest issue, right? Let me grab a couple of comments if I can. Jim says, other than taxes and over overregulation, there's nothing that systematically stands in anyone's way in America in 2021. None that I can think of. Um, I would I would argue there is there is one right now. It's called um, the war on drugs. The war on drugs stands in the way two separate ways. One, if you are poor, regardless of race, that's number one. Regardless of race, if you're poor, war on drugs is a system that trashes you far worse than if you're wealthy. Because if you're wealthy, you use wealthy drugs, which is like cocaine and MDMA, stuff like that, right? More wealthier drugs. You use those. You don't use meth and crack and you don't use those, right? Heroin, you don't do that. You do the, the wealthy people drugs. So the war on drugs does systematically absolutely attack uh, the poor. Th- that's a class issue, right? That's a systemic issue that attacks all the class. If you go back 30 years, 20 years, it was really only black and Hispanics. I mean, well, look, there was some white people, but hardly any. Now, even white, the white poor are now being bothered by that. And that's heavily because of the, um, uh, of the FDA uh, allowing opioids into the, the entire, all of America in the way they did, right? That, that is what brought even white America into this too. But if you go back say, to the 90s, it was really a black problem. I know it sounds hard, but it was. So that was absolutely a black problem. So you might say, well, today is that true with black people? Not as bad. I think that's true. The problem is, though, now you have a, a, a group from the 90s and the 80s, particularly, even, even some 2000s, where a bunch of black men have been put in prison for literally decades. Well, Jim, doesn't that affect the families when they don't have fathers in the families? That does. That's systemic. And what I mean by the, the problem that we have with CRT or critical race theory is critical race theory talks about a system and then blames the individual. I don't blame any individual unless he did something wrong themselves. I don't blame anybody for, oh, it's your your fault, Jim, that my great-grandmother was enslaved. Of course I don't blame you. Why would I? Do I blame a system? Yes. So why don't we agree, Jim, me and you, that the war on drugs is affecting all of the poor worse than the, than the rich? Guaranteed, obviously, more of them go to jail, more of them get arrested, more of them plead guilty, more of them get get criminal records for things like possession. And if you go back 20, 30 years, it was heavily a black problem, far more than anybody, not, not even close, far more. And now those families today are still feeling all of the effects of the war on drugs. So what would I say now? End the war on drugs. End the war on drugs. And now all the people who've been devastated by it, let's get rid of all their criminal records. And then let's help businesses by doing something like, as an example, why don't we allow businesses who hire ex-cons or felons, I don't know, two years of no payroll tax to give these guys and gals, heavily guys, but also gals, a second chance. That's a systemic problem with a systemic answer and nobody has to be blamed or called a racist. The problem with the way CRT is supposed to be used, it is not used this way, it's supposed to be used as a way to see if race had a component or not in any given thing. That's what CRT is supposed to be used for. It is not used that way at all. That is not how it's used. It is used in a way to make the individual white person feel bad. Why was that stupid? It's And it's wrong and not the way it's supposed to be used. It's nothing but wrong. 
But that, but the concept is you look back at it. And, and I will go, somebody might say, well, Larry, how could you use CRT in a positive way? Is it possible? Yeah. And I'll, Jim, I'll give it to you for liberty. Here's the way you can do it for liberty. Critical race theory. Use it for Second Amendment gun rights. Right now, most people who are pro-Second Amendment, pro-2A, they will, they will talk about the Constitution. It's a common thing, right? Hey, Constitution, it matters, blah, 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 right? That's what matters. And they go, and, but the problem is a lot of people don't care about the Constitution. I know it sounds horrible. You constitutionalists, your heads just exploded. But a lot of people don't care about the Constitution. It's true. They're like, well, it's an old doctrine. Who cares? Except when they need it, then they care. But they don't care about that. Okay. So why don't we then look at it from a racial issue instead then? Critical race theory means you look at something through a racial lens. So we look at the constitutional lens, right? And, and people aren't listening. Let's look at the racial lens. What's the origins of gun control in America? Fear of angry black men. I'm not joking. Do your homework. That's exactly what was the origin. The, or, the origin of gun control was fear of, of former slaves having guns. That's the origin. And then the 60s, fear of the Black Panthers. That was, the, that was the origin of gun control. Well, why don't we use that and go, look, gun control is racist. Now you'll get more people to go, wait a minute. You're right. So you could look at it in a completely different way. So you can look at it constitutionally as many pro-2A people look at it. And that's one lens to look at it. And some people will buy that and go, yeah, it makes sense. But you could also look at it racially. Critical race theory. The way it's supposed to be used, not the way it is used. The way it's supposed to be used to go, oh, yeah, and it's racist. Huh. Now someone else jumps in and goes, we got to get rid of gun control. I now can literally, by using two or three different lenses, put together a coalition to be pro-2A. I hope that's clearer, Jim, what we were talking about. I hope that's clear what I'm trying to get at. That, that's where my head is here, right? What it, what it should be versus what it is. Ed says... CRT does make people become racist, which is not valuable. You're right. And again, to my, I know I just said it, but it wasn't supposed to be that way. But oh my God, it is. CRT is failing miserably and it shouldn't be. It should be simply one more lens that you see something through and it's not. It becomes the only lens. There's nothing but that. That's the only thing that matters. And you're right. It's not valuable. And Ed continues, because it makes people blaming others over skin color. Yep. Let's think about it. Those who are teaching them are the same people that are making others feel like victims. That's right. It, it doesn't work. It should. It, it has a purpose, but people aren't using it the way it's supposed to be, right? That's the issue, 100%. So John says, Ronald Reagan banned open carry of loaded guns as governor of California to disarm Black Panthers. Yes, Mulford Act, 100% correct. It's exactly right. That's the origin. That's the origin. Absolutely. So let me, she's going to actually say it real fast. Let me put her on here. So she's going to actually, she will actually say what I've just said. She will say it. She does understand it. You make programs to target the discrimination experienced by black Americans and you don't include me, white person, then you are discriminating against me, right? So now that's the point that she says, when people were trying to make laws to kind of fix what had happened in the South, it happened in the North too. But it looked like at the time it was only in the South because most people in America who were in the North didn't think there was racism. 
I'm not joking. Like, we're not, we're in the North. We're not racist. No racism, even though redlining happened in the North, just like the South, even though the, the mortgage uh, issues happened in the North, just like the South, the same things happened. It was, it was happening everywhere, right? But that's fine, evil Southern people. And so they begin to attack programs like affirmative action and upward bound, et cetera. And the Supreme And the, what, what she's trying to get at is, when when the, there's always a backlash right so when you end when you end slavery you get jim crow as a backlash when you ha- pass civil rights act you get two things you get the war on drugs right which was which was an attack of course but you also get more conservative people particularly those who were from the south at the time but not too but particularly in the south at that time saying well wait a minute you you can't pass a law that would make you know any amends based upon race because then you're attacking me uh, and my race. And from that is where critical race theory grows. From that. That was the backlash to that backlash. And that backlash said, no, it's not racist if you are the oppressor. That's where this comes. You might say, why would they even bring this up? Because of this. So when Congress and people say, wait a minute, you can't do this. Right. You can't do this because if you give anyone who is a descendant of slaves anything because of the color of skin, well, I- I'm not that. So you discriminate against me now. So now that's reverse racism. You can't do that. So here comes critical race to go. Waha. No, it's because you're the oppressor. And if you're the oppressor, then there's no racism. This is where you hear some people say, well, I can't be racist because I'm black. This is the origin of this. For those of you who are like, how can people say that? Now, clearly, anybody can be racist. Clearly. But you're probably wondering where it came from. This is where it came from. This is basically 1970s, give or take, late 60s, early 70s. This was a backlash upon a backlash. That's where it came from. The Supreme Court of the United States then really fails the civil rights movement by basically treating targeted programs to address racial mm-hmm. inequality as the same form of discrimination Yes. As Jim Crow laws, right? Now, that, that's what that's the point she's talking about. And it's it's a valid it's a valid concern. And why would you say that? You might say to yourself, well, Larry, wh- look, slavery was 100 years before that. Why would anybody care about that? And I'll tell you why. Because after slavery, at that point, slaves were supposed to get the 40 acres and a mule. Remember that concept? You know what actually happened after Lincoln died? Andrew Johnson gave slaveholders, former slaveholders, reparations for losing their slaves. So the slaveholders got reparations and and the former slaves didn't. So how does black America feel knowing that history and now civil rights? Yeah, we're good. And then any law to say, look, can we make things right? Not for slavery. Can we make things right for the apartheid we had to deal with the segregation in the South? And the government goes, well, no. We'll do things like affirmative action, but not for black people, for people who are not, who are just not this majority, whatever that is. And who does affirmative action help more than anyone else? White women. And so black people go, what? What happened? Of course, you can see how someone could be upset or angry or bothered by that. You might go, Larry, it doesn't make any logical sense. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But remember, this is also an emotional issue. It isn't only logical. It's always both. So Kelly says, Larry, just what does CRT as it is being presented do to biracial kids? One parent is the oppressor, the other oppressed, and one of the children. Yes. And what you know what it does, Kelly? Is once you start focusing only on race 
And again, I'm not against someone looking at any issue through multiple lenses. In the case of the Second Amendment, through the Constitution, also through race, and how I look at it also, but believe it or not, I often look at it through class, meaning poor older people who are defenseless in poor communities have no defense. If you see who's being attacked, beaten, robbed, it's always either older people in poor communities or mothers who are holding on children who are defenseless. It's people who can't fight back. I bring that up often about the Second Amendment. It's an equalizer for the weak. That's another lens you can look at the Second Amendment. So I'm again, I'm not against using race as another lens to look at a problem. That's fine. That could help. But when you make it the only lens, now what happens when your kids are biracial? I'm biracial. My kids are biracial, right? So how do we deal with it? It's tough. Am I, am I the oppressor or not? This is why they have what's called the one drop theory. Some of you may not have a, a, a know what that means. The one drop theory in America came probably around the 1800s in that area, give or take. I don't know exactly when it came to the forefront. But it's the idea that if you're not white, you're black. That has been the, the way they have dealt with it. If you're not white, you're black. So biracial kids have always been seen as black. That's no longer true, Kelly, to your point. Now, biracial is biracial. It's different. So now how does it fit into, into critical race theory? Yeah, it doesn't. You're right. It's a problem. It messes kids up. And it messes my daughter up, which are people say, well, it's not really being taught in schools. Yeah, it is. My daughters are like, dad, what's going on? And I have to have conversation with them. It's bad. And their friends now have to look at my daughters differently. Their friends weren't looking at my daughters differently until CRT comes into place. And now they're looking at my daughters differently. They weren't supposed to do that. I feel like my teachers look at my daughters differently now. They're not supposed to do that. So it's not working at all, Kelly, to your point. It's hurting uh, kids who are multiracial. It's hurting them. It's not a good thing. The reality of it is, again, I'll say it just to be clear. Is CRT completely useless? No, it is a way that you could look at something. The problem is it's becoming the only way we look at something. And that's a problem. I hope that's clear, guys. I hope that. And to be forward, no one's saying this. What everyone's saying is either critical race theory is everything. It's the world. We have to do it. Oh, my God. It's everything. Without it, America is destroyed. And the opposite is saying it's the worst thing in the world. We got to destroy it. it can never, we can never deal with race ever. Both are the wrong answer. The right answer is race does exist. It is a thing. It just isn't the only thing. It's just a thing with a multitude of other things that come into play. It is races, parts of lots of things. And we often just ignore it or, or the reverse focus only on it. So yes, David says some blacks are racist to each other. Yeah. Yep. The Brown paper bag club. Yep. The house N word. Yep. The uncle Tom, the Oreo. I agree completely. I've had it against me. Of course. Of course. Absolutely. Yes. So yes. Um, the one drop rule, the 132nd rule. Oh, that's right. Yes. If you're 132nd, then you're okay. That's correct. Yes. Avi says, CRT is an awful philosophy. There's any people that's oppressed or oppressed. Yes. Based on immutable characteristics, it's totally anti-human. The fact that teachers promote this stuff as gospel, as a noble idea is horrifying. No different than the Nazis, all on the facade of fairness. It's sickening. Now, let me be clear on, on what Avi's saying. What's Avi, Avi saying is true. I want to be fair to those people who have studied critical race theory. That is how teachers are promoting it. That's not actually what CRT is about. 
in its theory, which is why you've many of you heard me say in the past, if you want to have a critical race theory in an ivory tower, a couple PhDs talking at Yale, ah, great. You can look at many issues through that lens. You want to bring that to the mainstream? You know what you get? What Ivy's talking about. You get teachers saying, you're an oppressor because you're white. What? I'm seven. Yeah, seven-year-old oppressor. That's what you get. You get kids who are 12, 13 years old told they're, they're bad or evil. But just something else. You wind up getting you wind up getting a group of teenagers in particular who are looking for a cause, who are looking for a purpose. And when they are, they jump on this. It's a cause. It's a purpose. And they dive on it with everything. I think when they're locked up in their house and can't leave their house for a year. Hmm. Worst timing possible. And so now what else you have is now you also have who is the more oppressor? Who is the, the more, you know, oppressed? You might think that, Larry, you're joking. No, I, I've dealt with conversations with teenagers, particularly because I have two daughters. Whereas one person saying, you're not as oppressed as I am. And this is like what David said, because you're not as black as me. Yes, that's a thing. Or you're part this or part that. Therefore, you're part this or part that. Not based upon whether the individual person is a good kid or not, right? Don't be wrong. There's a bunch of ass kids, right? But that's not because of their race. That's because they're asses, right? There's a difference. But I think that becomes a problem, right? That becomes an issue. And and now kids don't know any better. And they're raised that way. So how are they going to become adults? How are they going to become adults? It's a problem. So um, basically what she says is what I just talked about. It's one way of, of dealing with it. And then what th they mentioned, that the problem that they then mentioned here is in, in, at the end of this video as they're talking, they begin to talk about how, you know, it's not a real, it's not a they real issue. Both are subject so, to education at this point. Yeah. Graduate schools of education. So, yes. Right. So, so this is a, a, a sort of interesting moment here then. So when they attack uh, critical race theory. Yep. There, it, it seems like a cynical move then. They, they, they don't yes. know what it means, clearly, but they also don't. They're saying they don't know what it means. And here's what I would argue. He's attacking the right. He's saying these conservatives, they're attacking critical race theory. And they don't know what it is. I think that's true. But the teachers don't either. And neither does the left. And worse, neither does the grifter class, which is the consultants who teach this garbage. Right? They don't know either. So they decided. That critical race theory is, well, you're white, so the oppressor. You're not, so you're oppressed. Done. Can I have my check for thousands of dollars, please? I wish I didn't have a conscience. I would teach it too. I happen to be ethical, but I could make a killing teaching this garbage if I wanted to. I live in New York City. I could teach this all day long. Make a killing. I'd have to you know, lose my soul to do it, but you know, I value my soul, so I won't do that. But that's what he's talking about now, if that makes any sense. You need to know what it means because it seems to be a code for something else. It's a code for something. And they're also banking on the fact that yep. the general public doesn't know what it means. And, and, and Yes, she is correct. They're banking on the fact the general public doesn't know what it means. And she is correct. The general public doesn't know what it means. This is something that should have stayed in the ivory tower. Again, I know I keep saying it. It's not that it's bad in itself. 
it should have stayed in the ivory tower. This is something like when you're creating policies, you ask your your one of your guys or gals to come in from the from the from the university and give you some background from a different. You look at an issue from a different view. You bring the guy or gal and go, tell me how you see this from this view, and they tell you. And you ah, okay, makes you rethink what your policies might be. Smart move, otherwise useless. So yes, Tom says talk CRT all you want as an elective. When you force it, it's indoctrination. It's not a bad idea if if they were to teach CRT. If they would teach CRT the way it's supposed to be, which is a way to look at something. There's no difference than a civics class, right? In in that regard, in that you could look at every single law constitutionally. And what does that mean? Why is it a bad thing? Well, at the, in the Constitution, the Constitution doesn't say, as an example, in the Constitution itself, prior to the amendments, that women have the right to vote. So if you would talk about something constitutionally, there could be an argument that the founding fathers didn't want women to vote. That would be a constitutional view of something that makes any sense. They wouldn't want uh, Native Americans to vote. They wouldn't want black people to vote, right? If you if you looked at it just constitutionally from the ori- original ar- uh, arm, I'm sorry, the original um, article, right? That's what it w- you could say. But you could also look at it from race or class or any of those things. So if you teach CR- CRT that way, it's a fine elective, totally fine. But I agree, you don't want to um, indoctrinate. Rebecca says it's the same as Common Core. Uh, it should be one way to teach, not the only way. Oh my God, Rebecca, you are brilliant. Yes, it is one way of looking at an issue. That's it. Ed says, as a multiracial myself, I knew how some people mistaken me a white person. A lot of us they think of my ideas are radical. Ah, because you're a white guy. See that? Or trying to make to pretend to be the victim by fabricating lies about me. Also, they, I got you. Well, you name Guerrero sounds like you're Hispanic. I don't know if you are, but it's a typical, a more stereotypical uh, Hispanic name. So I, I feel like people go, oh, he's probably Hispanic or something is my assumption. But maybe they don't know your last name. So there we go. In any case. So I, I don't want to I, I want to go to another part of that. That's that's one that says, you know, what 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 it is. Here is a piece from PragerU, which just attacks critical race theory horribly. And I get why they attacked it, because of the way it's being taught now. But I want to show you some parts of this that just aren't accurate. There's some parts that aren't accurate. Some parts sadly are accurate. But I've heard about critical race theory? I'm guessing you probably have. It has already insinuated itself into many institutions and is making rapid progress into others. Now, that part's true. You'll find a lot of people say it's not, but it is particularly in cities. Again, I live in New York City. I'm seeing it. My kids are being taught it. If it takes hold, it will completely change the very nature of America and the way you live. Critical race theory holds that the most important thing about you is your race. Now, that's not necessarily true. It says the most important thing about any policy is race. That's what actually critical race theory actually is. Look at the policy Think about it through the through the image of race. However, here's where he's right. What's being taught in schools now is this. That's that's the sad part. That's what's being taught now. The color of your skin. That's who you are. Not your behavior, not your values, not your environment, your race. In critical race theory, if you are a member of a minoritized racial group, mm-hmm. their term, not mine, yep. you are a victim of a system that is rigged against you. Now, there, there is a piece of this that is also true, right? If, if you are my, minoritized in whatever system that, that it is, they base it upon race. 
um, then the system is by default rigged against you. Now, it doesn't mean it's rigged against you. This goes back to what the first woman said, which is there are disadvantages. Rigged against you acts like you have no chance of success and your race holds you back. No, but are there disadvantages? Of course. The ones Jim and I just talked about earlier, right? If if you're if you were if, if you're black in America and you lived in a poor neighborhood in the 80s and 90s, the odds are very high you saw a lot of your male population go to jail. And the odds are very high part of your family went to jail. That's the odds are high. Now that's also true in poor white communities now, but that wasn't true back then. So, so Larry, now it's fair. Everyone's getting, you know, battered and beat up. Yeah, but right now, think about the black families today that haven't had fathers in their life. It doesn't mean a black person can't be successful. So I don't want to use the word rigged, but are there disadvantages to that system? Yeah, that, that's an accurate statement. There are disadvantages. A system that doesn't want you to succeed. Again, wrong. This is an exaggeration. This is, this is an exaggeration. It doesn't, not that it doesn't want you to succeed. It's stacked against you. There's a difference. On the other hand, if your race is privileged, you're an exploiter, whether you intend to be or not. Now, again, that's another problem. The, the issue here, if you're actually looking at critical race theory the way it's supposed to be, I know I keep saying supposed to because I just, I don't, my worry here is that as the left pushes critical race theory hard, and right now they are, I feel like it's going to take so many people and push them to the right when they may not have been right. I don't want people to be pushed into left or right. I want you to naturally move where you should naturally move. The right should become, and Trump did it with right. Trump was so boisterous that people who didn't like, who didn't like, who, you know, they didn't like how we, how we acted. They, they felt terrible. They moved left. It's the wrong reason to move left because you're mad at Trump, but it happened. The opposite's happening now. Things like this, everything about being about race is taking people and then moving right. And you should move left or move right because you feel more left or more right. Not because somebody's pushing you there because you feel attacked or you feel like you don't belong or whatever the case may be. There are a lot of people who are Republicans who just did not like Trump. They felt bad. They, they thought he was mean and nasty and they moved left. And now you have people with critical race theory who are left and they're moving right. Move because you want to, not because somebody's, you know, forcing you. It's it's the wrong reason to be moving. Critical race theory begins from the assumption that racism occurs in all interaction. This is this is true. And this is how you look at it. Right. You do look at when you look at something critical race theory, you do look at you assume there is some racism. You look at that. You say, OK, how did race affect this thing? To see how this works, consider this thought experiment. Imagine you own a shop and two mm-hmm. customers enter at the same time, one white go. and one black. There we go. Who do you help first? Mm-hmm. If you help the black person first, critical race theory would say you did so because you don't trust black people. Now, that's not true. This part is not true. Sadly, many people believe it and they're acting this way. Again, what would critical race theory do? You would look at this for multiple reasons, right? One way you let it from a class reason. If you say it's not race, look at a class. You would, you would say, why did you help the black guy first? Is it because he dressed better and you thought he was wealthier so he would buy more stuff? That's how you look at this through a, through a class, you know, lens. Who was dressed better? Did you believe that one person was higher class, therefore would spend more money in your store? And that's how you look at that. 
in race theory, you look at, okay, was the race that made you make that decision? So there's many reasons why, where you can look at this. Be left alone in your store. That's racist. If you help the white person first instead, critical race theory would say you did so because you think blacks are second-class citizens. Now, the only thing I'm doing here, I want to bring, why I brought this up is, critical race theory doesn't say that's true. Critical race theory asks if that's true. And it may not be. The problem is it's not how it's being taught. And that's why I wanted to bring this up more than anything. I wanted to express my, my, my frustration here in that race does exist. Race is an issue. It's just not the only issue. There are so many other things in our world that also matter. And the worst part about the CRT in general is it attacks the, I'm sorry, it blames the system. So it puts blame on the system, but then attacks the individuals. How does it make any sense to say there is something that's systemic that hurt in the past? Okay, gotcha. So let me now punish the white guy now. Let me make him feel terrible. Let me blame him. That's what I'll do. And that's what it's doing versus going, you know what? Why don't we end the war on drugs? Why don't we create rules that will assist people getting back on track because we took them off track because we put people in jail for possession of weed, which we should have never done. That type of thing is the policies I want to hear. What policies do I hear for critical race theory? I'm not joking. Medicare for all. That's what you hear. Ask, do any interview with anybody who supports this and they say, what policies do you want? And they'll say, well, you need things like Medicare for all. We need UBI. Okay, how, how is, are you saying UBI only for black people? While I'm not advocating for that, at least that would make sense, right? That would be logical if you're saying, oh, black people are being battered, so let's give black people UBI. Again, not saying I'm, I'm for that, but at least that makes sense. But you're saying UBI. How, but don't white people get that? Don't Hispanic people get that? Or they're going Medicare for all. You mean Medicare only for black people? No, for everybody. I don't get it. But I'm not just saying that. If you're going to talk about that, isn't this heavily because of a system that black people have been in for decades, right? So would you give it to newly immigrated people from, say, Nigeria? In theory, no, right? Because they weren't, they didn't grow up in this system that we're talking about that's, that's being harmful. A lot of this isn't working. And that's the part that's bothering me. It just isn't working. It's only dividing us. And what I'm asking you, if you are on more of the left and you are talking and thinking about you know, critical uh, race theory because you're worried about race and race matters to you, you're right, race matters. And what I'd like us to think instead, instead of talking about critical race theory and punishing you know, the local white guy in your neighborhood or in your class or wherever that the, the, the white people are in your, in your world, instead of that, or if you are white, instead of feeling guilty, any of that instead, how about instead think about the, the history that has been lost? That's it. You want to deal with critical race theory? Think about the, the hidden history. Think about gun control that has been racist. Think about you know destroying Black Wall Street that was racist, that most people never heard of. Redlining. Think about those things. Talk about those things and then say, you know what? That was messed up. 
That was messed up. Let's fix that. Let's fix that. That was systemic. And unless you were the guy or the gal who was burning down Wall Street, if that person's alive 100 and some odd years old now, if you're 120 years old and you burn down Black Wall Street in Oklahoma, you're a bad guy and you shouldn't have burned it down. I'll blame you if you're the 120-year-old person who burned down, who helped burn down Wall Street. Then it's your fault. But if that's not you, then maybe I shouldn't blame you for that. If you weren't the person who did the redlining laws, if you're that person, I'm blaming you. But if you're not that person, maybe we don't blame. How about we assign responsibility instead? Carl says, critical race theory seems like a history class. Some of my history teachers loved FDR. That doesn't mean I don't stop by the wax museum every day and give them the finger every now and then. That's actually funny. But the history part is an important part to understand. I think it is. There has been a lot of lost history. And it's not bad to, to understand some of the history because it does what it does. It creates more empathy, which I'm a big fan of empathy. By the way, guys, as always, please like, comment, and share. Let people know that we are here on the Sharpway social media. If they want to come uh, watch, go ahead. Also, you can do me a favor. Link, Take this, the world's smallest quiz. There's a link right here in the description. Click on that. Take that, take that quiz and then share it. Why? Because the advocates are my sponsor and they like it. So please do that. It'd be awesome. If you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash shortway. Drop me 10 bucks a month so I can keep doing this if you like what I'm doing, if you're happy with what I'm doing here. But more importantly, do you want to come on? You want to talk to me right now? You can. You can come talk to me right now. Just message the Sharpway Facebook uh, page or the Sharpway Twitter page, and uh, we will give you a code so you can come on and talk to me directly. Yes, the team is standing by, waiting just for you because you are that special if you want to. So please get message the Sharpway um, Facebook page or Twitter page. You can come on chat and, and ask me a question and tell me how wrong I am on critical race theory or tell me your story about critical race theory or any of those things. All good. Happy to uh, to talk about that. Garrett says, bingo, those pushing CRT are not seeing the big symptomatic racist policies like the war on drugs. I, I, I can't say it enough, Garrett. You're completely correct. I can't say it enough. You are absolutely correct. They are saying it's systemic, but they're not changing the system. Right? You can't. Avi says, the only way you can find legitimacy in critical race theory is from an evolutionary perspective. Okay, let me walk down this road. Am I going to regret going down this road, Avi? Humans by nature want to have power over others and that people want to maintain structures that serve their purpose regardless if they're good or not. That's true. I think humans are tribal. I say this all the time. Humans aren't naturally racist. That's not true. We aren't naturally racist at all. We can become racist if we're taught it, of course. We are naturally tribal, but tribes can be created on anything. It can be on race. That's, that is a way. But we can create tribes based upon where we're born, who our family is married, um, ex- uh, religion. We can create tribes, baseball teams. I mean, we can create tribes on all types of things. Race is only one way that we can create tribes. So you have to learn to be racist. That isn't naturally human. Tribalism, though, is human. So I think your, points, your point stands very well, Avi. Um, that's the whole point in a constitution. If the only thing that matters is power, a nation will be under a constant of war. Just look at the sectarian wars in the Middle East. 
if this is to be taught, it should be understood from a cautionary. You mean like a cautionary tale? So you're saying teach critical race theory as a cautionary tale. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure how you do that. Do you say that? I, th- I feel like what you're saying is teach eugenics as a cautionary tale. I feel like that's what you're saying, but I, I don't know. It's a tough one. I would rather just, I obviously have a fantasy world that I'm not going to be able to get, guys. The, the world that I want is a world to where race is a thing that we do accept. It exists in our country. We talk about it. We think about it. We have jokes about it. We have TV shows about it. Of course it exists. But it isn't the only thing or the most important thing either. Or either. It's not either the only thing or the most important thing. It's just another aspect of our country and as and you know, of our interactions with people. When we, the problem, I'm going to give you another one. I'm going to show you. It's another woman who brings this up. She talks about why she hates critical race theory. And she's black and she discusses why she can't stand it. And she has some valid issues, her concerns. Fly out of the sky and explain away critical race theory for the whole world. She did. She doesn't like critical race theory. And she says, I expected some hero to come by and explain it away. Well, I'm here, but I'm no hero. I'm trying to explain it away. So now she starts explaining, you know, what she thinks about it. That formed out of my own personal vacuum. I have not been paid by any establishments to decree that critical race theory is bad. I am just personally fed up with a, a hypocritical ideology. Yes. See, again, that's my point. It's hypocritical. It's supposed to be helping. It's not helping. I wouldn't be having this conversation. That TikTok wouldn't be going crazy. And if you noticed, the last three people you saw talking about this, who were like, we don't like, except for the one Prager guy who was a white guy. But besides that, the other three, the TikTok, me, her, we're all black. And we're like, this isn't working. You're not helping. You can stop now. Can we just, let's go back to what we were doing. This isn't working. I just want to put it plain and straight. That's why I feel so prompted to make this video because a lot of schools of thought have come and gone, but nothing has had the impact and and is trying to make the permanence in society as critical race theory. The permanence she brings up, and she is brilliant in saying this. She's saying it's permanence here, meaning we were trying very hard. And I I should have showed you the other one, critical race theory is against the idea is a, and again it you understand why obviously the idea of being colorblind right this is a bad idea when it comes to critical race theory it's a, you don't want to be colorblind now let me be clear while you might think that sounds dumb if you're looking at something through the lens of race you kind of can't be colorblind if that makes any sense right if that's the lens you're looking at you have to care about race which, which the problem, though, is when you make critical race theory the only thing, you can never become colorblind. And I thought the whole goal of the civil rights movement, the whole goal of MLK, I thought the whole goal was to become colorblind. I thought that was the goal, to only treat somebody because they're a jerk like a jerk. Good because they're good, right? That's what I thought. But if you if you base everything on critical race theory, 
You can't. Now, I do want to emphasize the last bit. It is a theory. Um, not everyone embraces it. Not everyone takes it as fact. But Correct. Uh, the major megaphones of this movement are forcing people to accept it as fact. This is, she, again, it, but I, I, I'm getting upset because this, there's no, there are no facts involved in this. And I know I got, I feel like I'm just smashing my head against the wall because I'm so frustrated. There are no facts involved in this. This is not about facts. This is about a way of looking at something. There are no facts in critical race theory the way it's supposed to be. You look at something from the lens of race and decide if there are any facts that might be affected by race. That's what you're supposed to do. But they've decided that it's all race. And every day, it's, it's it. Yesterday, I drove, you know, to the store. Why? Because you're black? That's what critical race theory says. Now, you might say, well, let me, Larry drove to the store. Let's look at that from a racial, you know, view. Is there something racial that he did? And maybe there was something. I don't know what I would have done, but maybe there was. And maybe not. You go, okay, yeah, no, there's nothing. Move on. That's what's supposed to happen. She gets it and she's angry because she knows it becomes facts. Um, Sectors that I really want to speak about right now are the diversity and inclusion um, industry where we... Oh my God, DNI industry. I could I I look she's right. The DNI industry, I really wish, I really wish that I had no morals. I would just teach this stuff all day long. I'd make a killing. I can't do it. It's terrible. John says CRT creates division. Yes, which is why I don't want to teach it. That's not what I want to talk about. Yes. And makes minorities inadvertently admit that they are less than other on the race. Yeah. This is the point. This is the point that bothers me more than anything else, John. I've gone out of my way to teach my daughters that it's who they are that matters. I've gone out of my way to teach them this. And their school is going, no, it isn't. What's your stupid dad? Who's that guy? Oh, he's a black guy? Oh, see? Can't listen to him. He's oppressed. Clearly, his brain is fried because he's oppressed. So, Yes. He says, uh, John Daniels, it's ridiculous. It takes away the value of character and promotes skin tone. It does. It is It is correct. Yes, absolutely. So, I, 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 but again, there's some hope. John, there's hope. Why? Because there's pushback from people of color who are not saying that race doesn't exist. They're just saying it's not the number one thing at all. It's not the number one. It's just a thing, right? I mean, I'll look at it from things like, I don't know. Um, look at things like uh, 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 anti-Semitism, uh, religion. Is religion the only way we should look at something? Of course not. Is it a way? Sure. Is it possible that anti-Semitism may be a reason why someone does something? Yes, but I shouldn't assume that everything's anti-Semitism. Could it be? Yes. We can look at it from that and go, oh, okay, it is. Or no, this is the same idea. We have all these specialists come into workplaces and into schools yes. and, and perpetuating this mentality that really is only just a theory about race, uh, yep. but it comes from a postmodernism uh, background Yep. Um, and then forcing it down people's throats as Bingo. truth really just kind of 
gets my blood going. Um, yeah, but you don't get upset. So I you keep to saying it, but you know. Why I personally hate it. I want she to hates exercise it. my freedom of speech while I still have it. And, not for long. Uh, not for long, sister. Allow not long. I myself to just air out all these things that are just clouding my mind, and I literally kind of can't take it anymore. Um, so the first thing is that I hate critical race theory uh-huh. because I hate racism. I'm not shunning critical race theory because I'm like skeptical of the existence of racism or that I do want to support the KKK. I want you to understand what she just said. I'm 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 not against critical racism because I don't think racism exists. Of course it exists. There are racist people. They exist. Of course they exist. Yeah. So she's not saying that she was once support the KKK. No, she's just saying this is garbage and it isn't everything. Absolutely. You hear me say this all the time. One of the reasons why so many people, particularly white people, hate this and are moving right is because they hate being called racist. Yeah. Who likes being called racist? Racist. That's it. So when some white guy goes, I'm not a racist, I can't stand that. That's probably because he's not a racist. But if he goes, yeah, I'm a racist, he's a racist. That's that's how that works. It's not crazy. When white people get upset when they're called racist, it's because they're not racist. Absolutely not. And one thing critical race theory for sure does is that it brings back racism like a little cycle. Um, yes. It brings back racism like a little cycle. Absolutely. The amount of people who have now put race into their world, into their life, into everything. People who are friends of mine, who now I know look at me or other people around me differently. It's not helpful. I can't say it enough. It's just, I get it. Let me clear. I get it. Some, some people who are pushing this are actually trying to help. And I get, let me touch that for a second. I know some people are trying to help. I get it. I know you're trying to be good. You're trying to help, right? You care. You want to be an ally. I got it. I love that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I appreciate the feeling. I appreciate the color. I mean, the the, the image. I, I appreciate all of that. I'm going to ask you, though, you could just care and that could be enough. You don't have to push CRT. You don't have to push critical race theory. Just be my ally. That's all. You know, be my ally in ending the war on drugs. How about that? Now we're good. It helps us all. Let's do that instead. I don't require, and I know I say it often, but I can't say it enough. And I think most black people agree with me. I think we do. I think so. We don't need a white savior. And I know some people want to be that. And I appreciate the sentiment. I do. I'm not mad at you for that. I'm not mad at you for wanting to be a hero. For those of you who care, right? I'm not mad at you for that. I'm just saying you could just be you and we'll be all right. Just do that. Just just be you and we'll be okay. It is okay. I know this is against what a lot of people think. It is okay to just not be racist. You don't have to be actively doing something. Not required. And I, I know some people don't like that. I know. It's not the, the common way of thinking. But I look at my business world. 
write my business where I teach people when they talk about presenting to a group of people, presenting to a board, presenting for an investment group, whatever the case may be. I say consensus is not everybody saying yes. Consensus is nobody saying no. That's what consensus is. So what does that mean? Consensus isn't everybody being anti-racist. It's nobody being racist. There'll be a couple anti-racist people trying to do cool stuff. Awesome. Good on you. There's crusaders. Do your thing. Fine. All right, fine. But as long as people just aren't racist, I'm pretty much good. And I think that I speak for most black people when I say that. I could be wrong. I do I have to become emperor of black people again? I know I do that sometimes. But I, I, I think that's how I feel. And I think most people feel the same way. So, yes. Rhetoric says, I think it's a tricky situation. Thanks to, thank to a history of systematic racism and some modern folk being actively racist, non-racist being colorblind is seen as detrimental, ignorant of current struggles. It's true. No, no, you're right. That is that is how it looks. And it's up to, when I say us, I mean people of color, to say, well, it's okay, right? It's okay. You know what I, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The, the thing that I want is when I talk about disadvantages that black people have had in history, what I'd like most white people to do is only one thing. Go, huh, yeah, I think that's true. That's it. That's it. But when you throw critical race theory in, what do white people do? One of two things. Well, it wasn't me. They become defensive. I didn't do it, number one. Or number two, well, what about these other people who, and they do the whataboutism. What about Native Americans? What about the Irish? I don't want you to do whataboutism, and I don't want you to be defensive. All I want is you to go, yeah, that's true. That's, a, that's pretty messed up. You do that and we're good. That's all I want. And what's happening is when you push the CRT, I don't get that. I get one, I get one of two things. I get, oh my God, you are so right. We're oppressors. Oh my God, the world's ending. I have to give you, here's my shirt, right? I get that. Or I get, was it me or why do you care? What about others? Were you a victim now? I get one of those two. And all I want is acknowledgement. A little empathy. That's it. A little empathy. Yeah, that's messed up. You're right. That's all we require. That's all we need. So, yes. Avi says, John McWhorton, the linguistic professor from Columbia, has labeled this in the anti-racism philosophy as religion. There is there's something to say that. I think there's something to say that, yeah. Um, it is not totally rational with creeds such as white privilege similar to original sin. That's all. That, that's very true. White privilege is very similar to the idea of original sin. It's true. Is also why they, def- they they defend it with so much conviction. It takes so much offense to people who that resist it. Well, there's a a, a point you bring up, Ab, which is which is a great point. When I try to talk to some people about this, for those who who really are into it, they say you have to accept that it's true. And but then I ask if it's true. No, no, you have to accept. We can't have a conversation. If you don't accept it's true, it's circular logic, right? Let's say you're not a Christian and I come to you with the Bible, right? I come to you with the New Testament and I say, look, this is true because the Bible says so. See, look, the New Testament. And if you go, well, I'm not a Christian, I'm a Muslim or I'm Jewish or whatever, and I'm not buying the New Testament, right? And I go, no, 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 no. See, it's right because it's the New Testament. Well, I don't buy that. Well, you have to. It's in the New Testament. 
that's how this works. It's religious, right? So if I'm going to give you a biblical New Testament answer, well, you have to believe in the New Testament, don't you? If you're if you're Jewish or atheist or or Muslim or Hindu, you might be like, I don't believe that book. Doesn't help. In this case, you kind of have to believe in the whole idea of the white supremacy, white privilege. You have to believe in all that stuff, or they don't want to talk to you. So how can you have a conversation? I think when you when you go down that road, Abby, you're right. It is kind of religious in that regard. It is. Yes. So Garrett says, be Larry's ally and join the LP. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I'm Mr. Dayton. How are you, sir? Amy? Uh, your color doesn't make you racist. The notion that it does is definition of racism. That's literally racism. Yes, that's correct. Absolutely, 100%. Yes, that's good. All right, um, see if I can go down here. Um, John Whitfield says, a good read is, please stop helping us by Jason Riley. Yes, thank you, John. Thank you. There isn't that much that I'm asking for you. I'm not. I'm not asking that much. I'm not. I really, I'm not asking that much at all. Obviously, says the people who love CRT need to see Ryan Long's video of woke versus racism. That was a riot. I had Ryan on. If you guys want to see, I had him on the show. You can Google Larry Sharp and Ryan Long. I, I, I had him off like an hour uh, one Friday night. So, yes, Ryan Long's, uh, he's a riot. Yes. And he does this thing with woke versus racism. So it's, it's, it's on YouTube. You can check it out. Yes. Ryan Long's amazing. Subscribe to his stuff. Watch his stuff. He is he is absolutely great. Yes, absolutely. So it's, it's very good. Tim Poole once jokingly said, woke people are white supremacists who just feel guilty about it. It might be true. Not bad. Yes, not bad. So Teresa says, in our, our American history, people have done bad things because of people. Yep. Yes, that's happening and still is happening and continue to be happening. Agreed. And look, when, when there are other people that have been attacked or hurt by others that aren't my, that aren't my group, my in-group, I don't say it's not real or not true. I don't do any of that stuff, right? I live in New York City. Many of my friends are Jewish, right? New York City has a huge Jewish population. And when they have, you know, Holocaust Remembrance Day or get angry because they see a swastika, there's no way I can feel the same way that someone who's raised with that, maybe their family's been killed. Who knows what that Jewish family's been through? I can't feel it, right? I can't get it emotionally. There's no way. But I can intellectually get it. Like I can go, oh, wow, yeah. I think I think if I was Jewish, I would feel the same way. I can intellectually get that and I can have some empathy and say, man, that must be bad. Yeah, that's terrible. And you guys, okay, yeah, it must be terrible. That I can do. And I don't think Jewish people like, Larry, be my savior. Come sit. I don't feel, I don't know any Jewish people who think that. Well, you know what? I'm black. I have the same issues. I don't need you to come save me. I don't. And I'd like some empathy from you too. Yeah. I, I can't feel that. If you're not black, you probably don't feel the same thing that I feel. Okay, no worries. But you can understand it. You can get it like an intellectual level. Go, yeah, that's kind of messed up. It's kind of messed up. It's bad. And I think that's the issue that all of us, more empathy is a good thing. How about less blame, more empathy, and then we all take responsibility in making things better. I know it sounds so stupid. I know, like I'm crazy. I know. But I think it's a whole lot better if you ask me. Logic says being anti-racist is just another way for people to get up on the moral high horse and pretend that they're better than others. Oh my God, Logic Rex, you are correct. I wish you were wrong, but you are correct. Yes, absolutely. You are totally correct. Yes. 
OG boxes. I need to read Kendi's book myself from others that I have that I trust say the book is full of racism. Seems someone that is in the KKK would support many ideas. Kendi and D'Angelo push that is bad. I would agree. And I did a, I did a show about Kendi also. If you check uh, Ibram Kendi, again, Google that and Larry Sharp. I did a show where he was on, I mean, it was something like I don't know, Harvard or something. I mean, it was, a, it, was a, it was a serious you know school where he was interviewed by two people. And the amount of just deference they gave to him I was shocked by they were like all somber and like, oh, yes. Oh, my God. And you always know um, when someone who's one of these, I don't know. I don't know what you call them. Uh, I don't know. DNI gurus. They always talk the same way. They say this. See, the what we have to think about is and then the thing is they will always speak just like that. Guaranteed. They'll talk like that. I, you may be laughing, but watch any interview. It's always this so somber and I'm always thinking so deep about stuff. That's how they talk. They talk like they're always thinking deep. They're not. That's an act they use to make you think they're smart. They're not. But that's what you'll always see all the time. And then when you ask how to fix things, what you'll always get is you got to do the work. Do the work means nothing. That is just stuff to make them feel like you, I don't know, buy their book, I guess. I don't know what that is. Or pay them money so they can get in front of a classroom and call you bad and yell at you. I mean, I don't know. I'll yell at you here if you want me to. Just give me 10 bucks in my sharp way. It's fine. Do that. I'll yell at you for nothing. Absolutely. So, yes. Um, here is the episode with Ryan Long. If you want to click to that, check that one out. After this is done, still keep watching. So, yes. Rhetoric says, I believe white privilege exists, but it's minuscule in the face of classism. I think you did a great job with quick and facts, highlighting and, and offering solutions to both class and race disparities. Well, that was my point, Rhetoric. Thank you. Um, in most things, it will often begin with race if there is a racial issue. But because we integrate all the time, because we don't want to accept often as a, as, a, as a government that anything is racist in any regard like that, it will always become class. And I think Second Amendment, war on drugs, this has become class. The wealthy get all the guns they want, don't they? Because they have paid security. The wealthy and the powerful get all the guns they want. It's the poor people who are going to jail for having guns. Not the wealthy. They don't go to jail for having guns. Of course not. So even Second Amendment, same thing. And I, I, there are two things I want to bring up when it comes to white privilege. I'm glad you brought this up, Rhetoric. The first one is, I would like us to not talk about white, white privilege or white supremacy. Why? Because it attacks white people. And I don't want to attack white people. White people aren't beating me up. The system is. So why would I want to talk about white privilege or white supremacy? What do I want to talk about? The system. So can I talk about it's a systemic disadvantage? Yes. I don't even want to say systemic racism. Why? Even though in many cases it actually was. But when I say that, I'm turning white people off again. White people don't want to be called racist unless they're racist. That's what I keep saying. Right? Why why are white people so angry when they're called racist? Because they're not racist. If if you got the armband and you're doing Sig Heil, you're happy being called a racist because you are one. But if you don't have the armband or you're not wearing the hood or whatever, if that's not who you are, you don't want to be called that. I get it. So we can instead say it's a systemic disadvantage. What would people think? Yeah, that's kind of true. Okay. How do we fix that? How do we get rid of that systemic disadvantage? It's a much better way of talking 
because it lands better. People hear it. People become your ally in fixing things. And then if it is a, a problem with me, in this case, we're talking war on drugs and black people. Okay. Is there another one when it comes to war on drugs and maybe Hispanic people or maybe war on terror and Muslims? Is that a thing? Or maybe uh, something else where we're now we're attacking women or something like that. If I keep saying white privilege, white male privilege, white male privilege, and that's all I ever say, well, who's going to be my ally? Don't I require allies to, to right wrongs of whatever disadvantage group there might be, depending upon what policy is out there? And as long as I'm talking about the policy and the system, now you don't have to be mad. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the system. Help me fix it. Changes everything. It changes everything. Oh, Avi just did it. Yes. Uh, the worst part of the anti-racists, they say the idiotic line, I'm doing the work. Yeah, thank you. You read my mind. <laughs> I'm doing the work. Yes. It's because they read a book, right, right Fragility. I read a book. See, I'm doing the work. No, they're not. They're not doing the work. They're, they're, they're virtue signaling. Thank you. Yep, you already said it. Virtue signaling does not equal virtual. Thank you, Ab- Avi. You're correct. The OG boxer says, we are lost in the trees. If we look globally, we are all privileged. Oh, I like that, uh, that thought process. Globally, we are. That's true. Very true. When compared to people around the world, you can never eliminate privilege and make community stronger. I like that. I, I'm in. I like that idea. Let me kind of, if I can, uh, she has a couple cool things I, I want to go over that she says, which make a lot of sense to me. Grab a couple more of these. Move race, we must elevate and emphasize race even more. Yes, CRT makes us elevate and race and elevate and 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 and, and pump up race even more. I thought that was the opposite. Uh, I laugh at terms like anti-racism because it really all is just about remagnifying the concept of race. And yes. then we're shunning people who um not even shunning, but ridiculing. I'm sure you ridicule me in just a second when I say this word, but we're ridiculing ridiculing colorblindness yes um when really this whole race thing started when um an individual decided Mm -hmm. that based on physical the physical trait of skin color uh, certain groups of people are better than other groups yes and so i would like us to be colorblind i'm i'm kind of with you yes i love it michael says cannabis businesses have been made to be for the rich people only yes Race aside, the business climate is not only excluding minorities, excluding everyone that can pay the gov- who, who can pay the government ec- extortion costs. Agreed again. Yes. Agreed again. 100%. Yes. That's, the, that's exactly the point. And I now need allies in this, Michael. So if I start going, you mean white men, well, then how am I going to get you to be an ally in taking this down? Because here's the reality. If we actually open up cannabis... As an example, we open up cannabis and other drugs like that to being legalized, just decriminalized, that we can use it. Who is going to be the people who have the most experience in these fields? Ex-cons, felons, which by percentage are more black than white. So aren't we going to wind up helping the black community by doing this? Yeah. So how about people help me make the cannabis business open to anybody without the extortion fees from the government? How about that? Then, well, will poor whites be helped? Yes. Will ex-cons who are Hispanic be helped? Yes. By percentage, more black people being helped because more black people are in prison by percentage. So, yes, this is a wonderful idea. Let's do that. This is the stuff I'm talking about. This isn't helped. This isn't helped by the critical, by the, the current method of critical race theory. 
But if you notice what I just did, I looked at the cannabis business. You looked at it, right, from a class um, uh, from a class lens. Well done. I like that. Well done. I looked at it from a race lens. The way CRT is being taught now, the only things that matters is race. And I'm saying, no, it is just another way of looking at it. So I saw an extra advantage. And now if someone's thinking, well, wait a minute, is it only about class? No, no, it's also about race. Ooh, both. Well, you know what it's also about? Small farmers. Oh, it's about rural versus urban. Yeah, it is. Hmm. Maybe we should do this. Now I've hit it from three different areas. Now we have a movement. Now we can get this thing done. Now we have allies, Michael. We don't have, oh, yes, because, you know, cannabis is all racist. It's because of evil white people. Well, then they go, well, I'm not helping you then. I'm an evil white guy. I'm going to go home. I'm not helping you. Well, now we all lose. Absolutely. So, yes. Uh, CRT is a virus to dot the king's dream. It's funny. She actually says that. Yeah. Yeah, she, she acts, let me let me keep going. She literally she literally says that. You you have read her mind. Or maybe you've seen this video before, but she literally says that. Yes. The people. But now we're taking that and we're saying let's keep those distinctions mm-hmm. sacred and uphold them and emphasize them and in fact give these physical traits um irreversible irremovable qualities yes. that you must adhere to like some sort of religion and you must dance around all these things if you see someone of a certain skin color and there is nothing that can do away with those differences and there's the other piece right nothing can do away with those differences you got to dance around things and not say things i don't you know what this is the part that bothers me too if you actually have an issue with me because of my race i'd rather know I'd rather know. I joke all the time and I say, if you're an actual Nazi, if you actually are a Nazi, please wear the armband. I want to know where you are. I don't want to have a hidden Nazi. If you're a Nazi, wear the armband. Do the Sig Heil. I want to see it. Okay, that's where he is. Good. I, I know what a Nazi is. If you're that guy, don't hide it. If you're that guy, show it. Wear the hood. I want to know if you're that guy. And this is almost like making everyone tiptoe around everything. So the other issue is, then people don't even want to ask questions. By the way, if you want to join me, you I, you can just go ahead, message the Sharp Way or Facebook, Twitter page, and you can do that. And of course, if you want to listen to this, you can. You can literally just click the link. There's a link tree link in the description. We can head on over and check where we are on Anchor. You can check our podcasts and you can listen to us on a podcast if you want to. That's amazing. Absolutely, you can do that if you want to without question, right? And of course, if you want to support the show, you can. Take the world's smallest political quiz. Click that link right there, that bit.ly link. Go take the world's smallest political quiz. It makes the advocates very happy. The advocates for self-government, theadvocates.org, they're my sponsor. They love it when you do that. Please do that and share it. You can always like, comment, and share as always. And head over to patreon.com slash sharpway. The link is here in the description. Click that link and support us. The last piece I'll bring up. Some of you are watching on some of the Sharpway social media. You're watching on either YouTube or you're watching on Twitter or you're watching on Facebook. If you haven't liked or subscribed, why haven't you? You should. It's important to me for you to do that. So please do that. It does matter. Check the YouTube page or the Facebook page. Subscribe now. It does matter so that people see it and I can get more uh, people to watch. It's kind of important. So please do that if you can. So yes. 
Um, Michael says, uh, agreements to show up, one love. Absolutely, yes, 100%. Melissa says, CRT is Marxist ideology, racist in a class. Ooh, interesting. So, yeah, you're, you know, it's funny because the Marxists, by default, cla- classists, right, certain classes are by default evil, right? The, the, the capitalist, right, they're by default evil. Interesting way of looking at it. Pushed by corporate America and the established to keep us fighting each other so we're not watching them consolidate more wealth and power. Melissa, you are exactly, I love what you've just brought up. You know, you hear me often get upset about us fighting culture wars. And CRT is just another culture war, right? If you go back, I don't know, 15 years, whatever it was, maybe like 12 years, you know, we're, we're, we're mad because the, you know, the economy's collapsing and it's, you know, Wall Street's evil and we are the 99%. And you go back 20 years and we're going, don't, no more wars, don't fight in Iraq and Afghanistan and, you know, don't do this. So what did... The, the establishment do. Oh, man, these guys are starting to unite against us and our wars that we use for our military complex. Oh, women, these guys are fighting us because they realize that we're using the finance and the Fed to suck up all the money. Huh. I know what we'll do. We'll accept gays and be mad at people who are trans. That'll get them. Boom. Split us up. Now we're fighting. Perfect. Oh, you know what we'll do? We'll, uh, we'll adopt this critical race theory. We'll send, you know what we'll do? We'll send our executives to sensitivity training. That'll keep them happy. And sadly, Melissa, it's actually working. Because you're right. We're now deciding, well, these people need to go to sensitivity training. Okay, so we send the guy to sensitivity training. Awesome, well done. He gets, he has some person who, you know, whatever, gets paid five grand to say, you know, um, you know, white people are bad or whatever. Okay, good. He, he got hurt, white people is bad. Then he goes home to his $100 million mansion and he still makes $300 million a year. Win? And we still can't get good jobs. I'm agreeing with you. Yes. And and the worst part is, even when it comes to political power, we still have virtually no political power. You see what people actually want? What people actually want to have happen? Doesn't happen. But companies do it. Company People, I love what people will say. These companies are going woke. They're not going woke. Companies aren't going woke. Companies are doing whatever will make you happy and keep buying their products. That's all. They're doing it because they think it works. There is no way that there were, you know, whatever, 20 people in the, or whatever, 19 people on the uh, Pepsi board who are like, hmm, you know what I feel like? We're not woke enough. We should be more woke. And they're like, yeah, I was thinking it. That never happened. Never happened. They were just saying, hey, if we pretend that we care about this woke stuff, you think more people buy Pepsi? They were like, yeah. Oh, my God. They'll so buy more Pepsi. Let's pretend we care about woke. And they went, deal. And then they started pretending they cared about woke. They don't care about woke at all. It's irrelevant to them. It doesn't matter at all. Melissa, you're completely correct. They don't care. Like, oh, will that make people buy more Pepsi? We are so woke. Hey, Joey, you're going to have to go to white guy evil training. Hey, it's fine. Whatever. When Thursday, I'll be there. I'm not in my head all day long. That's what's happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm so mad. It's, oh, I'm a bad guy. I'm a bad guy. Whatever. Go buy more Pepsi. That's what's actually happening. I'm, I'm sorry. I went long on it, Melissa, because you're just so right. I had to keep going. It is, you're 100% correct. They don't actually care either way. It's just what will get them more cash. That's really the issue. So, yes. So, I mean, if I ever run a large company, I'm hiring a lot of you to do sensitivity training. Some people do. Um, I actually do talk about that. And my sensitivity training is actually emotional intelligence training, which just makes you more empathetic to others. 
That's all I want you to be more empathetic to others. You don't have to think people are awesome or not awesome. Yeah, just be more empathetic. It's good for everybody, man. And I got to remember, remember something. Empathy doesn't mean sympathy. They are two separate things. Sympathy is when you feel sorry for somebody. Empathy is when you try to put yourself in their shoes and understand what they've been through. They're two separate issues. Right, I don't have to feel sorry for somebody. I can if I if they have a loss. I probably should if they have a loss, but I can feel empathy and go. You know what? I get why he thinks that. I get why she's saying that. I don't agree with what she's saying, but I understand why she's saying it. That does make sense. I can put myself in her head, and if I was her, you know, I might feel the same way. And I think that's what we can do. That's a critical piece, right? Um, OG boxes since 1970s. Critical uh, theory has been immensely influential. And this is of history, law, literature, and social sciences. Yeah. And again, it should be a piece that we look at. Again, one lens. From Britannica Critical Theory, Marxist inspired movement. That I was saying was 1800s, right? That was my whole point. Yes. It, it, it was in Europe before 1970s. It came to us really as a backlash, right? A backlash to a backlash. That was what, where it came to us, but it was in Europe before. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Mr. OG Boxer. I do appreciate that. Absolutely. Avi brings up urban farming. What's wrong with that, Avi? See, I'm with you. Yes. The answer to our issues of creating entrepreneurial spirit in the city and in the drug ward, ending unnecessary policing of victimless crimes. Avi, yes, yes, and yes. And guess what? We can do all of that without critical race theory being the number one issue. Now, but I'm going to use it right now. What would critical race theory, the way it's supposed to be used, do right now? I would look at this through multiple lenses. One of those lenses, as you mentioned, is the entrepreneurial spirit. That will be a business lens. Is that going to assist in business? Is it going to make an open, freer market? I would look at it through that lens. Is the urban farming going to hurt the more rural farmers because they'd be closer to bring things in? Is it going to hurt them? That would be an economic issue, right? Is there infrastructure? Looking at it from a, a purely economic lens. One. Second lens. How about the environment? Is urban farming better or worse for us? That's a different lens, right? Great. Do I think it's better or worse? Is it going to be better because we're not shipping things? It's going to be easier for farm to table, right? Is it going to be better for our environment? Another lens to look at it. And race. Is it going to be better for people of color or not? Is it going to assist people of color or not? That's what critical race theory is supposed to be used for. Looking at it through a racial lens. It should be one lens to look at it from. If we can find three or four or five different ways of it working, it's good. If you've noticed many of my policies, when I talk about them, you will see me often give you three or four or five different ways they work. I'll say, but that's not all. It also helps this, but that's not all. It also helps that, but that's not all. It also helps this thing. I will often walk down a road. Many ways that a policy I come up with has helped many things. Why? Because savvy people look at issues from multiple lenses to include not only, but to include race. Thank you for that, Avi. I appreciate that. I, I know I've been hammering this home, but it just, it really, it's it's what I'm trying to get at. It really does matter. We race does exist. It is a thing. It's just not the only thing. It can't be the only thing we look at. It's just a part of everything else that we have. I'm going to wrap her up real fast. If I could just to get the last pieces for what she talked about here. 
There's some pieces that are pretty good here. Not in uh, an erasure of history. Yep. Not any repentance in the present time. There is absolutely nothing you can do to remove the distinctions between black, white, or any yep. other race group uh, that there is. So that's the first reason that I hate critical race theory is it really is this mental gymnastics that True. gets you uh, thinking about race more than ever. And then yes, the, the other thing, the other thing that really gets me going is you can't forgive and you can't forget. I Did you hear what she just said? You can't forgive. You can't forget because the white man is always the oppressor because he's white. Because the black man is always the oppressed because he's black. So how do we get past this? How do we actually get past this? At what point do, do, do I just go, all right, we're good. When is the we're good part? How can, for people who want reparations, how can you have reparations if you have this thought process? Reparations can never work, can it? No matter how much money you write every black person to check for $10 million. Doesn't matter. He's still white, still the oppressor. Doesn't matter. He's still black. He's still the oppressed. No matter what, with this logic and people, if you ask people who will want CR, who believe in CRD, they often will say, well, you know, of reparations. Okay, great. But if the white guy is always the oppressor, does the amount of money matter? Or is there a certain amount? Like, once you get to 9.8 million per black person, is now the white guy not the oppressor anymore? Is there a level to where it becomes equal? And in theory, if that were true, I might be okay with it. If it were actually true. If you go, well, once you give every black person $9.1 million, then everybody's equal. Clearly, that's absolute garbage. But in theory, what, what's the amount? With CRT, there is no amount. $1.00. A billion dollars. It never changes. There is no forgiveness. There is no forgetting. Now, I don't want to forget. Forgetting is a bad idea. Forgetting is a bad idea. Forgiving, a really good idea. Like a really, really, really good idea. Forgiving is a good idea, right? No matter what, it's, it's always good. I totally lost my train of thought. I just get so riled up when I get into talking. You're not that riled up, Suda. I'm more riled up than you are. But I think my main point is that um, we have these terms and then we shun colorblindness, which should really be uh, equality, talking about equality regardless of skin color. Yes. Some people act in this and then they say the opposite thing, which is that mm -hmm. you cannot um, say that a black person is equal to a white person. You want to bring in all these factors of history. And when are we going to break the cycle where we actually uphold the mm -hmm. teachings of Martin Luther King Jr., for example, that we're didn't you just say that? Someone just brought that up. Absolutely. Just brought that up. Not judging people based on the color of their skin, but the content of their character. Like, when are we going to get to that point? Because if we keep talking about everything that was done to us in the past, oh, yeah, that's right. I was going to talk about forgiveness. There is no room for forgiveness. Yes. I Look, I don't want to forget. I think forgetting is a bad idea. We shouldn't forget. We just should forgive. I mean, I, I'm just I'm walking down all these roads and thinking about every group of people who've been hurt and the ones who are going to be able to get around this are those who are going to forgive. We have to forgive. If we cannot forgive and we cannot forget, are we not always going to be literally just bound to the past? And in the yes. past, 
that was when the most oppression occurred. Yes. And you're literally time transporting oppression that didn't even belong to your generation onto yes. you and using that as a sort of a scapegoat. Let's be honest. For the reasons everything is wrong in the world and then you will not forgive you will not yep. let it go when in fact i gotta tell you an interesting story and some of you may not like it i know sometimes i say that you don't like but i'm just before i remember this when i was uh, a teenager one of the jobs that i had as a teenager was stuffing envelopes yes my mother worked for a german bank and i i assume it's still happening i don't know if it is but germany used to, I don't know if they still do, but at that time, Germany was paying reparations to their Jewish population that survived the Holocaust. And um, they would literally write checks back then. This is the 80s, right? 70s, 80s, 80s. And we literally would stuff the check in and send the check out. That's how it was done. Stuffing a check in and, and mail the check out to certain people who were at different addresses and such. The German government did some of it. Banks in other countries would do other things. And one of the things that we did was we'd send it out. And sometimes we would want to come to the bank to pick up their check. I, I don't know why, but they would. And so I met many people who were actual survivors of the Holocaust, Jewish Holocaust. And I always thought in my head, right, as a teenager, that they would either be bitter or angry or mad or damn Germans, give me my check, right? That's what I thought they would be like. None of them were. Now that is anecdotal, to be clear. Anecdotal, I, not like I met every survivor from the Holocaust. I'm telling you, anecdotal, the survivors, the actual survivors that I met were nice and all about life and just positive, forgiving, and great. Man, some of their children, oh my God, some of their children were mean and nasty and hated everything German. And they weren't there. Like, they were the people who, they went to the past and, and took, like, their parents' pain and said, it's mine now. And they were just, hated everything German. I was like, wow, you were, he was there, not you. And he's like, forget it, all good, got to live, got to live my life, happy to be around, happy to be around, got to live my life. And, oh, my God, they're kids, not all their kids, not, but they were but the only people who were super angry and mean and anti-German, anti-everything and super self-righteous were only the kids. Some of them, not all of them by any means, but not the actual survivors. They were like, no, 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 I'm good. And I feel like that's what she's saying. It's like, this is an oppression that you weren't even around for. And I guess what that bothered me is some of the kids in my daughter's school. All right. They're like 16, 17, 18. Relative to what my father went through, they, they, they went through nothing. My father, and I told the story before, my father, because he, my father would date anybody, white women, black women, Hispanic, he didn't care. He, even sadly, when he was married to my mom, he was not the most faithful husband, but he would date anybody. And he was dating a white woman once in the Bronx. This is New York and the 60s. And literally, this is back in the day, if you remember, for those of you old enough, you didn't, the beers weren't in cans. They were often in bottles or cans, and there were some cans. And you had to use a can opener, right, to open the beer or the, the bottle. You'd pop the can opener, right? You can you open the beer bottle. That was a thing in the 60s, right? Uh, today, some people do, but it's really, that was in the 60s a big deal. Someone hammered him in the head with a can opener and opened up his skull. Yeah, because how dare he be with a white woman? 
That was the 60s, obviously. That's my father. Different generation than me. I was born in the 60s. He was messing around in the 60s, right? So different issue. But my point being, a kid who's 18, 19 today, that's ah, never going to happen to him. Not even close. Not even close. It's not going to happen to him. Does he go through issues? Yes, of course he will. Did his father go through issues? Yes, of course he did. But I see kids who are 18, 19 acting like they went through this. This is her point. That they're taking on someone else's pain and acting like it's theirs. When it isn't, it's a different type of pain and a different level. And that's a point that I want to bring up. So, yes. Rich says, amen, it's not a good theory to help us heal and move forward. Not at all. It's a terrible idea. Yes. Learning from the past, good. Dwelling on the past, bad. Yes and yes. Absolutely. Yes. 100%. Uh, uh, Rochelle says, yes, forgive and let's all move on and be kind to one another. Yes, let's have some empathy and be kind. I agree 100%. Yes. The OG boxer says, in my opinion, we have had 50 years of reparations with the war on poverty where we had spent $22 trillion on welfare and it's done more to harm than uh, any good. Yes, but at the same time we did the war on poverty, we also did the war on drugs and the war on poverty is, ha- has helped, has, hasn't helped, has hurt all of America, not just black America, all of America, 100%. It's, it's, hurt, it's hurt all of them. So that's what I wanted to cover with her. Guys, as I said before, please like, comment, and share. It does matter. Please subscribe. And this is one reason why I'm doing the Sharp Way Properties. I, I fear I'm going to be canceled coming up here one day on Larry Sharp. So do me a favor, you know, help out and subscribe to the Twitter, subscribe to the Facebook page. So I like this Facebook page. Uh, like it, uh, like us on Twitter, follow us on Twitter, all those things. Take the world's smallest political quiz. The link is right there. It keeps my sponsors happy. It's free. It's a couple minutes. It makes my sponsors happy. Also like, comment, and share. Also makes me happy. And of course, if you feel like you can sponsor, you like what I'm doing, patreon.com slash sharpway. Um, it looks like nobody wanted to come aboard and say hi to me. No worries. I want you to know that I'm open for this. I'll be doing this on the Sharpway social media every week where if you want to come on and talk to me or ask your questions, I will be here to do that because I want you all to come to the Shortway Properties on social media. Please do that. Guys, thank you so much for this evening. I really hope it was interesting for you. I hope it made a bunch of sense and you could get where it's supposed to be coming from and, and why it even exists. So next time someone asks you about critical race theory, you'll know what it's about and what it's supposed to be about and what it's actually doing. Anyway, guys, I hope for the best. Let's care about each other. Empathy is a good thing. Let's, um, let's not for- forget but let's forgive. I will see you all.